0: Good morning. Some of you know, many of you know I was in Mexico last week. I told you I'd give you a report about Blaine. I will. He's doing well. He's trying to get his permits to do the shelter, and he'll be the only one that actually has permitted in, in Juarez, and it's good. He has a church. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He came here and preached for those you don't know, and he has a ministry in Juarez. Uh, and I preached there Friday night. Friday night, it was about 250 people. 300 were fed. They know that because they have the plates and uh, afterwards, my interpreter, this guy comes up, and uh, he gave me this, he had this necklace on the stage, on the altar. Blaine goes, can you handle this guy? Blaine was busy with doing other stuff, and the guy, my interpreter says, when you gave the call for salvation, he received Christ, and he doesn't want this witchcraft necklace anymore, because I don't want to, want. he says, want to buy, I want to buy, I want to buy, I, I said, okay, so we prayed, he renounced, you know, and he was already saved, and so every time I go, Blaine, you have a Bible, and he says, Blaine, I, you know, he's low on Bibles or whatever, but Every time I turn around, the guy goes, you got my Bible? I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know where they were at. Otherwise, I would have grabbed them. And I just want to go, if he wasn't asking for a Bible, I'd say, quit bothering me. I was like, you know, helping people close. And he goes, you got my Bible? I'm like, I appreciate. And so finally, I saw him with the Bible, and I was happy. And then uh, Sunday night, it was probably three, 400 people. But Sunday morning, and it's not about the numbers. Sunday morning was a very, very small church, which is fine. I-, I love the pastor. He's a friend of mine. The day before, the cartel tried to shoot him in regards to his son, just the day before. And so I'm standing there, and on one of my previous trips, I I love praying for people more than I love preaching. My favorite thing to do is pray for people one-on-one. So after I preached, and then we released, and I started praying for people, they just stayed for hours, and this one girl just came up to me, and she's probably in her late 20s and 30s, and she goes, no, I don't have any prayer requests. I just want you to pray for my sister. Uh, My sister has leukemia. Uh, She's in a hospital in El Paso, and so... uh, and so I prayed for her, and then I'd text my friend, a friend of that church, how is she doing? Because, you know, sometimes we pray for things, but God doesn't forget. When I go to wars, there's people that have praised for years that are no longer alive that God doesn't forget, so I like to follow up. So if you ask me to pray, I'm going to text you later, how's it going? It's not just to pray to pray. I'm not praying to just be a Christian. I'm not praying to be nice. We're praying to make a difference, amen? And so I text my friend, I text my friend, how's she doing, finally? and then one day, it was, I don't know, a month and a half later, he sent me a picture. He says, look. And I saw her sitting in the church. She was healed. There was no lo- more leukemia. So when I'm at the small church, not this crowd, not that crowd, a church, I don't know, 20 people was small. And I'm just, I was, I was getting done with the sermon. I'm going to pray for people. And I just felt led to share that testimony, just that testimony. So I started sharing about how God, the little girl, I go, she was in Juarez. She wasn't in another country. She wasn't in the U.S. She was Juarez. And I'm sharing it, and then all of a sudden, this woman standing before me at the altar, wasn't prayer time yet, which is fine, uh, just tears rolling down her face with a little boy, and says, we're going to pray for you first. And I finished the thing, and I says, what's, and she goes, he has leukemia. And so I explained what testimony means. It means to do it again, amen? And so it was like the goodness of God. Uh, I want I'm, The sermon I have, it's God put in my heart a couple weeks ago, and it's, his title is called Enjoying God. If we're not careful, we'll think God's a means to an end. And everything's a battle. Uh, we need revival. I need a healing. I need these finances. Uh, I need this. I need that. And every I have people at work. All my conversations are task-oriented. When I get a phone call from them, I know it's task-oriented. And we treat God like that. Everything's a task to get there. What's my purpose? What's my destiny? What am I called? How's this decision? How's that decision? I need wisdom for this, wisdom for that, and the Bible talks about wisdom, but when it talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation, uh, it's very different. See, the Bible says, Paul, it says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the Lord, this is one of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians 1.17 I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. God did not create Adam to tend a garden. There's an order to it. He created the garden so he had a place to walk with Adam in the cool of the day. And we get things twisted with ministry or prayers or this, but do you enjoy God? When we get to heaven... And there's no one else to pray for. There's no crusades. There's no blind people. Uh, there's no one with witchcraft necklaces. There's no leukemia. Well, you still have a purpose. We confuse assignments with the assignment. We confuse serving Jesus with sitting at his feet. And we come with our prayers. And, and you guys, I just was in Mexico. I, I was just at RPM. I believe in, in, in ministry and stuff. But that cannot take the place of the assignment. And the assignment is knowing him. It's not just doing stuff on the earth. I don't go to Mexico just to preach. I go to Mexico so people could know him. So when we get to heaven and we just have Jesus in worship, we will be at our highest purpose. We will actually be doing what we were created for. Now, we to understand something about the glory of God. God is truthful, right? There's no lies. Amen? If anything deserved any glory but him, he would give it. But nothing does. That's why we give all the glory to God. Amen? But I do want to say, enjoying God, knowing him, that is our purpose, is to know him. It's not just to do stuff. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. This is eternal life. Eternal life is not existing forever. And when we get to heaven and there's no ministry, there's no needs, there's no prophecies, there's no healings, we will still be in our highest purpose. Amen? So it's not like God did not create us to he didn't create you or call you to preach because he just wanted preachers he wanted people to know him and we get our assignments mixed up my greatest assignment is not preaching it's knowing him and so I know him to bring others into him God is so good God is so awesome he's so loving he's so forgiving he has a purpose he has a destiny for you but then I go God what's my purpose what's my destiny what's my healing and everything becomes task oriented when we talk to him It becomes task or Jesus, multiply the bread. Jesus, do this. Jesus, do that. But he has a lot of ministers, but he doesn't have a lot of friends. Jesus has a lot of people that will do stuff for him, but not just sit with him. And so let's not confuse revival. Revival is his presence. It's not just him doing stuff. So you can get a prophetic word, and you can get a healing, and you can leave, and you cannot know him, but you can still go. To, but then God has those friends. He wants to inner circle. When Jesus did stuff, he always invited the three, the same three. Why? Because they were closest to him. John sat with him at the Last Supper, not realizing what the Last Supper. John was the closest. John was the closest to Jesus. And John says, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Jesus loved them all, but John received that love, and he knew that love. One was at the cross. Who was it? John. They all scattered, but John, he says, woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. It was John. John was the closest. John was the only one that didn't die. Amen? John was the only one. (laughs) Amen, Lord, I received that. So you can have as much as God as you want. You can be as close to God as you want. Or you can just go, Lord, I just need, God, what's my assignment? What's my prophecy? What house? What marriage? What money? What this? What this? What this? God, uh, 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 I'm working at the church. What's it for? God, uh, how how many disciples? How many? God, I'm going to war. This person, that person, this person. We forget that assignments are not the assignment. The assignment is to know him. The assignment is to know him. It is not to do things for him. So I'm in as I'm preaching, whoo, I have the purpose of God. Now I'm on the plane, not doing anything, I don't have the purpose of God anymore. I mean, oh, oh I, only, I only serve God one, one week in a month. The rest of the month, I'm just going to work. The rest of the month, Sabata said something, I think it was an RPM, he says, don't waste a car trip. Meaning, and when he said it, it was so powerful, meaning you can experience God in that car trip. If you're going to stuck in traffic, don't waste a car trip. He was speaking it to someone, but I'm telling you what. Don't waste a car trip. I'm standing in line. You can be fellowship with me God, no microphone, nobody's sick, no prophecy, no kid that needs leukemia, and I can still be communing with him. In fact, Jesus would get away from ministry needs. The Bible says many were sick, but he withdrew himself to speak with the Father. What we do is go, look at the needs. If you want to follow Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus, it's not just signs, wonders, and miracles. The greatest assignment of Jesus was to get away, to spend time with the Father. The Bible says he would do it early in the morning. He would do it late at night. It wasn't 10 minutes a day or 30 minutes. It's not about that, friends. It was he would get away from the needs of the people to spend time with the Father. And the most powerful thing with the blood was the separation. Jesus didn't say, Father, why have you forsaken me, when they were whipping him. He didn't say it when they pressed the crown of thorns on his head. He didn't say it when they spat on him. He didn't say it when he was before Pontius by himself when there were no disciples. He didn't say it with the first spike or the second spike or the third spike. He didn't say it then. He said it on the cross when he took your place and the father had to turn from Jesus and the presence left him. And that's when Jesus says, why have you forsaken me? Because the father had to separate himself from the son so you don't have to be separated. It was not the physical pain he went through that he cried out. It was the pain of the father separating himself from him. So let us not be separated. Don't let ministry separate you. Healing separate you. The person you prayed for that didn't get healed. I had many. They died. Don't let that separate you. What are you allowing the devil to separate you from God? Father, why have you forsaken me? It's when his presence left, not when the pain was there. And just as powerful as the blood was the separation. Because Jesus became as sin, every sin. All the homosexuality, all the pornography, all the rape, all the... Be- but come on, child, he became it all. The father looked at him like he did that, as though he did that. And so sin means to separate. He separated himself, missed, missed the mark. The worst thing about hell is not the physical pain, it's the separation when you can never cry out. And so let's not get it twisted. I, I believe in revival and miracles and signs, and, but God, you're not a means to an end. God, you are the end. And when there's no more needs, God, we still need to get with you. Early in the morning. Je- Jesus had more needs than anybody. He would, he would, on his way, they would put people in front of him. While he's teaching, over through the roof. While he's teaching, the scribes and Pharisees. He didn't have like a green room where he went to. And then come out, don't touch me, don't touch me, and then talk and go back. Jesus didn't have that. He was with the people. So he had to make early, late, with the Father. I say what he's saying and I do what he's doing. So do not make your life just about what am I going to do, my purpose, my destiny. It is to know him. Amen? So Jesus made a way on the cross for us to know him. That is the greatest way. Because it's not just a way to get something or to go somewhere or to know something. James says if any of you lack wisdom, pray. God will give you wisdom. Those are wisdom for making decisions. But Paul says the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him. See, when it says the spirit of wisdom and revelation, it's different than just wisdom. That's why the spirit of wisdom and revelation was on Jesus. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. It's very different having a spirit on your life than just having wisdom. Non-believers can have wisdom. I can read books on wisdom. There's a lot of stuff on wisdom. You can get wise in the world, but to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that will enter you to know him not just stuff to do, not just left or right, not just to hear you. So, Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall on your people so that we may know you. And, Jesus, you are our greatest example, not just for healing, signs and wonders. We would go to conferences and conventions and have people lay hands on us so we can do your works. How about knowing you like you knew the Father? That is the greatest thing. Not just lepers or people getting out of the wheelchairs or crutches. We believe in all that. But we want to demonstrate that so people will know you, so they will know your goodness. When people get healed, it says, God, I'm good. It's not just to so we're powerful. Amen? It's not just so we can demonstrate his power. Oh, you're such anointed minister. I went and seen Billy Burke. I've never seen more miracles in my life, in my life. But sitting at home with the presence of God is greater than any miracle I can see. And I'm for it. We're gonna see more signs, wonders, and miracles. I mean, Sabata and Kor are gonna go around the world, gonna do all kinds of Some of you are just gonna do crazy stuff. But in that, when, you're, when it's all done and the conference is over and you're sitting at home, do not think you're out of your purpose. I'm only valuable when I preach. No, when you sit at his feet, I'm doing this for Jesus, Jesus, pray for revival, pray for revival, stir up revival, stir up revival. You're worried about many things, but she has chosen the best part, and this part won't be taken away from her but what we think is doing, 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 and God says no, it's knowing, 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 knowing. We think it's power, 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 power. God says no, it's sitting, 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 sitting. We think it's declaring, 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 declaring. God says no, it's walking with my hand in the cool of the day. We think we were created for the garden, the garden was created for us. We think we were created for the Sabbath, the Sabbath was created for us. We think we were created for ministry, ministry was created for us. See, we got to get the order right. Bring your tithes into the the storehouse so there'll be meat in my house. Then there'll be meat in your house. There is an order. There is an order. When you start caring, you know, some of us need homes. I want a home. When you start caring about the home of God, praying for him, watch what he does for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Start caring what God cares about because when you start spending time with him, he'll start sharing his heart. Many, 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 many associates, but not very many children will sit at his feet. Jesus has very few friends, but he has a lot of people. Lord, I want to write the book. I want to go to the country. I want to make the money. Who do I marry? I have so many phone numbers in this phone. It's my personal, and it's my work. And as soon as the person calls, I know what it's about. And God has many people, as soon as they start praying, he knows what it's about. You. 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 But Jesus, and it's not that we don't pray for those things, friends, but they are not the primary. Do you enjoy God, or do you see him as a means to your end? Is he just the God that brings revival, or is he the God that loves us? Because before revival, you can be walking in your highest purpose, and that's to know him. And revival and signs, wonders, and I go to Mexico, lead it for young people, we don't take offerings, so that they may know him. Not so I can put a picture on Facebook. Not so I can have a website. Not so they think I'm so awesome. And then on the plane, there I am. Not, no, no. Then I spend time with him. I pull out the Bible. God, this is my highest purpose. Those things are assignments, but you are the assignment. Amen? And actually, you'll walk in more of his goodness, mercy, and power when you, when you walk like that. But if you do, if you just spend time with him to walk in his power, you miss it. You miss it. God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for a good message. I'm going to pray for a good sermon. I'm going to pray. Just sitting there, do you enjoy God? I mean, really, do you enjoy God? Or is everything just a question to get an answer, to get an anointing, to do a work, to go to the country, to have an open door, to make the money, or the wife, or the kids, or the spouse, or the healings? Is God just a means to an end? Is he a waiter? And we can be very religious. Look, charismatics, it doesn't matter about all that. Oh, they're so religious. Lord, I just need this, 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 this. Be with me. And he cares about those things. The Bible says before you ask. But there's something about sitting at his feet that serving does not do. And it'll never do. Serving when Jesus is there because he's presence and his presence, and she was carried more about Jesus being there than the needs. There was many needs and many need to be healed, but the Bible says, say the Bible, it's not me, Jesus withdrew. So many needs, but he withdrew at that time. That's so foreign to us because we just think, he just did it. No, the most important thing to Jesus was the father. That's why he says, why have you forsaken me? You'll be scattered, he told the disciples. Peter, you'll deny me. You'll come back. The shepherd will be struck. You guys will be scattered. Didn't face Jesus. It's when the father withdrew his presence. The crowds left didn't face Jesus. You want to go too? I'm on my father's assignments. It's when the presence left, that's what hurt. That's what hurt more than the pain. Oh, the cross hurt. The blood, yeah, but the, the separation had just as much power as the blood, friends. And I never heard a message on it, never heard a sermon on it, but there was a the pain of the father too. Because what, what has never been separated from all of eternity became separated, so we didn't have to be separated. But then when we sin, we think, okay, I'm going to separate you for a while. From a separa- so it's the blood of Jesus and time. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm separate myself from you, from the past, from the shame, from the guilt, from all these things. But because Jesus was separated, you don't need to be. So you want to be like Jesus? Spend time with the Father. You want to be like Jesus? Prioritize his presence more than works, more than ministry, more than signs, more than wonders, more than miracles. Friends, all those things are coming. And there will be people, just like the days of Jesus, get healed and prophesied and walk out the doors and not know him. And do not think that will not happen. But God says, I'm looking for friends, I'm looking for intimates. Who's willing to sit at my feet? So, Lord, I thank you, Jesus. So, when you were praying for Myla a couple of weeks ago, I saw myself just praying for Chris. And you were praying for Myla as for her but also in proxy for her generation. And I saw myself praying for Chris, for those that have been in the church a long time. This church, or many churches for a long time, but God wants to restore the insides. And Chris likes classic cars, so you guys can give this word to Chris. I'll just pretend like he's here. Alan, can you, can you just come up here? Just, you know, and, and I'm just going to pray for you, even though you don't need this. I, it's a word for Chris, but it's a word for me and everybody in the church. And so uh, today you're Chris. Uh, you know, like a, a, a classic car, a classic car has the same outsides, but when people restore the car, now they use modern, and all of a sudden the brakes are better, and the tires are better, the insides are better. And so, Lord, I just thank you for touching everybody that's been in church for a long time and been in this church for a long time, and they're waiting for something to happen, Lord. But I thank you for changing our insides. The outside still looks the same, it still looks like a 67 Camaro, but the, there's better gas mileage, the tires are better, there's more horsepower, there's more sensitivity. So, Lord, I thank you for everybody that's been in church. This Church for a long time, and then we just become like this is who I am. This is this is the car. This is the car. This is how fast it goes. This is how anointed it is. This is how I can hear His voice. Uh, they see things I don't see. Things they get dreams I don't get dreams. So Lord, I thank you for doing a full restoration. More horsepower. More speed. More more speed. God, I thank you for better gas mileage. So Lord, we just bless Chris right now. I bless you, Chris, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for not just a greater anointing, but a greater an, uh, anointing to know him that the spirit of wisdom and revelation Chris the greatest services are not behind you they're in front of you the greatest anointing is the greatest power but the greatest knowledge of him Chris is before you so I thank you Lord that you are restoring those that have been in the church for a long time changing our insides God changing our insides God oh that's still Chris we'll know it's Chris but there's more of a sensitivity to his spirit there's more of a direction there's more of a just sitting at his feet so thank you Lord I just thank you for making us lovers because we get in the church a long time and you know, pray for this generation, that generation. It's for everybody. John Wimber, if you don't know who he is, go study him. He was a pioneer. He said something. He goes, everybody plays. Everybody plays. So Jesus, I thank you that you are willing to be separated from the Father so we don't have to be. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was at the moment when the Father had to turn from the Son. It was not the physical pain. So, Lord, I thank you. We don't have to be separated from you. God, I thank you. We're not waiting to do something to walk in our purpose. Sitting with you, knowing you, talking to you, worshiping you is our purpose. Those things are assignments, and assignments come and go. I'm not saying I always preaching words. That's an assignment. But God's not a temporary assignment. He may send you to a nation for a season. That's an assignment. He may put you in a church for a season. That's an assignment. But knowing him is not some temporary assignment. That is the reason you were created. God doesn't have a garden for you to tend. He created the garden so he could walk with Adam in the cool of the day. God, let us be willing to walk with you. Not to get answers to our questions but to know the one who created us. God, we know when there's no healings or prophecies and preachings, those things will cease. Marriages, no, the, the, those things will cease. We won't have to pray for the nations in heaven. They'll all be sitting before his throne, every tongue, every race from every nation, worshiping the lamb who sits on the throne. God, help us not get thwarted with your, our highest purpose. Yes, there's needs. Yes, we have decisions to make. But, Lord, I thank you. We're not just asking for wisdom, but the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So, like Paul said, that we may know you better. Not so that I'll be a better minister. Not so that I'll have an open door so I may know you better. God, so we do care about ministry. We do pray, but so people may know you. It's not just so a person can get healed. It's so they can know you. It's not just so someone can get out of the wheelchair away from diabetes or dialysis. Not so they go, oh, like the nine leopards. Okay, now I can live my life. Now I can go to work. Now I can be around people. Now I don't don't have to be separated from people. Leopards were separated from people. But after Jesus healed them, they go, oh, look at family. I don't have to be separated from you anymore. One came back, a Samaritan. God, you're not a means to an end. You're not a God that just does ministry. You created us. And he created things with his words. But man, he used his hands. And he got down and he scooped the dirt. And he made it with his hands. And woman, he took from the side of man and he made with his hands. Those aren't just scriptures, friends. That's what he did. Let there be light. But he didn't say let there be man. He got down. It was an intimate thing. He says, when Jesus cried out from the burning bush, it was Jesus, the angel of the Lord. He says, Moses, take off your shoes. See, Moses, I made you, and I made the ground, and the shoes are man-made. I don't want anything man-made between us. I don't want anything man-made. I don't want the name of the ministry between us. I don't want your desire for revival between us. God, forgive me. Forgive us for putting the needs above you. God, I really got to know that answer. I really got to see that breakthrough. And if we could see the world of the church, we'd see many, many busy people inside the house, outside the house. But we would see Jesus sitting down and there's plenty of room to sit at his feet. Because there's not many. Many doers, not many friends. So Lord, let it not just be a friend, be a word. And We're co-laborers with you. Yes, we're going to see revival on earth, but we're going to do it with you, God. So when the revival service is over and the young people and the old people and the kids leave, then okay, then I'm just going to be in a low until the next great service I can see. May we know you better, God not just wisdom, but the spirit of wisdom, not just revelation to know your word, but that we may know you. Jesus says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life, but they're what point to me. So we could even stop at the scriptures, but it's a pointing to Jesus. We can stop at revival, but it's a pointing to Jesus. So Lord, it's your presence just your presence on the other side and the demons cried out so Lord we just invite your presence here today in every situation we invite your presence Lord because we know you make a way and the greatest way was when the veil was ripped and they didn't have to go to the Holy Holies once a year the high priest I can't go you can't go only the high priest can go it's not for the children it's not for the women it's not for other nationalities that's what it was Other races? Nope. Need to be a Levite, need to be Jewish, need to be this. The veil separated the presence. But on the cross, Jesus was separated, so the presence no longer needs to be separated from you. There is no separation unless we take the step back. So God forgive me for praying for ministries and breakthroughs and things when I should just be sitting at your feet and loving you. And I thank you, Lord. We're not going to waste that car trip or sitting in line at Walmart for returns. God, we focus on you. And it's weird is because when you do that, you're not discounting all the things Jesus Jesus ministered. I mean, look, the Bible says if there'd be things, we couldn't even fill the whole world with the books if we saw what he did. But how we miss that early in the morning he would spend time with the Father late at night and the bible says he went to a desolate place where there was no people around there was no one to minister to there was no prayer request it was just knowing the father this is eternal life that you may know the one true god and Jesus Christ who he sent there's only two people on the face of the world those that know the son have life those that don't know the son don't have life so i don't know everybody in here i don't know who's listening to this podcast but you can have life you can know god Confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, and God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Say, so God, just trust Jesus. Jesus is God, died on the cross for your sins, so there's no separation. What's separated before, it's not just so that your sins are forgiven. It's so that there's no separation. Jesus didn't die so just that your sins would be forgiven. He died so that you didn't have to be separated from him anymore. Sin was a side issue. It was his creation. I'm separated from my creation because of sin, so I'm going to deal with sin so I don't have to be separated from them anymore. Separation was always on his heart. And when Adam and Eve sinned, there was a, well, there was a tree of life. There was a tree of life, and the angel had to protect the tree of life. But it, and they couldn't eat from the fruit anymore because they'd live forever. But in the book of Revelation, there's a the river of God, and there's two trees of life. And they're not being blocked. It's an invitation to them to come eat. So, Lord, we come eat. We come eat to the deep place. Deep calls to deep today, Lord. I thank you for the deep place, God. God, I thank you. Our value is not just in being worship leaders or ministers or preaching or seeking or seeing answers to prayer, giving you testimonies or leukemia. I pray for that. I'm going to keep texting. His name's Alan. I'm going to see that. Amen? You think of that little boy. You pray for him. No, I believe in prayer requests. I believe in those things. But those things are so Mama can know him deeper, that God's goodness and mercy, so Alan will know you have a plan. God has a plan for your life. It's not just so we can get a report. 500 got saved, 1,000 got saved, and some of you are going to go to the nations and bring reports back. Far greater than me. Amen. May you do far greater than me. But let not those reports be greater than knowing him. My book sold. My song sold. Pensacola, there was four and a half million people went through in five years. Friends, those aren't just numbers. Those are people. So, Lord, I thank you. Every soul is a person. And we do care about revival because we want your spirit to pour out to touch people. Men love crowds, but Jesus loves people. That's why he sat with the one at the well. So Jesus is in his chair today. He's on the stone. And he's not moving. We can move. We can move.